Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome to another edition of White Sox Daily Live. How you doing there? I am Ian Eskridge. I'm here with my co-host, the Danny Miller. How you doing, Danny? Good to see you. Oh, it's uh, really good to see you, man. Uh, you know, another uh, busy week here at the Miller Homestead, but, uh, you know, productive Fun. And wife had a uh, a birthday this past week, uh, Thursday evening. So we did some celebrating on uh, Friday and Saturday, and uh, you know, got to do some of the old Halloweeny stuff. Look at this. Resubscribe from Grim, keeping us honest as usual. Hey, thanks there, pal. Appreciate that. Twenty seven months. Good night. Oh, I know, right? Jeez. Phew. Long time, but uh, yeah, man, we appreciate that. Thanks for uh, thanks for keeping us honest, man. We uh, we enjoy having you around, bud. Indeed, but uh, yeah, so you know things were uh, things were good. Went and uh, did a uh, howl at the moon fest over at the Naper Settlement, mm. which uh, yeah, it was a good time, man. Some live music, uh, you know, some haunts, some things going on out there. Had some uh, food trucks, ate a bunch of. Food and you know, freshly made hot donuts and funnel cakes, and enjoyed a few adult sparkling beverages, and uh, then went back to a friend of mine's house and hung out for the rest of the evening. And uh, you know, had to uh, shake off the old hangover yesterday morning, but uh, all in all, man, really good weekend, busy weekend, but uh, yeah, things were awesome, man. How's uh, how's life at the uh, the Eskridge household these days? Oh, things all right, you know, uh. You know, just some uh, wrestling stuff going on around here, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much about yeah. it. Yeah, not that kind of wrestling, unfortunately. <laughs> right, right, it's right. Uh, you know the, the boring kind with no full Nelsons. Um, no father Nelsons? What? Uh, I mean, well, certainly not. <laughs> um, so uh, Grimtall has a question for us, and he says, "Do you think Ken Rosenthal is taller than Andrew Vaughn?" Um, Oof. Uh, you know, uh, I don't think so. I know uh, Adam Schefter certainly isn't because that guy is real short. Um, but I don't know about Ken Rosenthal, but I would imagine that he's also not of the uh, the large variety. But who knows? I could be wrong. Um, uh, I've seen him stand next to some people, and I feel like there are times where I feel like he looks like And other times where he looks like he's of average height. So it's hard to it's hard to tell. Yeah, um, I don't know if you did. You happen to catch the uh, Aju earlier? Oh boy! Um, anywho, they ended up. Uh, you know, of course. Uh, as as you thank as, God for the mute. Yeah, as <laughs> as you would imagine, uh, Beef Loaf did trade uh, Andrew Vaughn. So there's a big time shocker for you. If uh, and a spoiler, yeah, if you I've, haven't watched it yet, <laughs> I have not. But I've been looking forward to this part of the Aju series with the uh, you know the trades with every team that they're doing here, uh, and I probably will listen to that uh, either tonight when we finish up here or uh, sometime during my day tomorrow. But you know, when you say that uh, Beef is trading Andrew Vaughn, uh, color me absolutely shocked, uh, and I say that with you know I need to use my sarcasm font, but. Uh, Whew. Yeah, yeah. Good I won't. Stuff. I won't spoil the, uh, you know, the exact trade package for you. But um, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I, you know, I can't say that I, you know, would be all that upset if we were to uh, to trade him. Um, and he traded him to uh, to the Twins. 
which is odd. I mean, could you imagine seeing Andrew Vaughn in a Twins uniform? Because I, I mean, unless it was like a free agent thing where you know, like, uh, you know, you were a little bit surprised that that's who ended up grabbing him. Um, that would, of course, be off-putting a little bit, but to trade him there, pretty shocking. Well, I don't know how off-putting it would be if he if he doesn't step up his production. I mean, it's just one less guy that we have to worry about hitting against the White Sox. Oh, wow. but, uh, oh seeing I him wouldn't in a, say that. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I guess I, I can see where you're going with that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, seeing him in a Twins uniform, unless you stand him next to uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, like the movie twins, he, he'd kind of he'd, he'd make a good Danny DeVito next to uh, Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I, if you're gonna trade Andrew Vaughn, I'd really rather not see him in the AL Central because we all know how that kind of thing goes for the White Sox. They'll unlock another gear out of him, and he'll come back to haunt us and be a Sox killer for sure. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> is that you know I know you know it, like it wouldn't be. You know, I, I don't expect that if that if you were to trade him to the Twins, that he would automatically turn into, you know, uh, Lou Gehrig or anything like that. I don't, I don't think that that's <laughs> in, I don't think that that's a possibility at all. But what I do think is that uh, he could be one of those guys that just when the White Sox come to town or the Twins come to town, um, that it could just be one of those things where he's just got it out for us and is just hitting doubles all over the place and just aggravating us the entire time. Yeah, uh, I, I I I won't disagree with that at all. I uh, you know, like I said, I just would rather not see him anywhere in the AL Central because that's just the White Soxy kind of way. You know what I mean? It just it just goes that way. Does certainly seem to, uh, you know, things do certain ha- have that uh, that certain effect. Uh, there are just guys that uh, the White Sox can't get out and um, just ruin our day often when they're, you know, coming through. And <laughs> there are guys that you're like, why is this guy killing us? And for whatever reason, they're just those guys. And usually, you know, like with the uh, with the Twins, with the Royals. Um, especially those two teams as guys that, you know, Sai Chen and uh, Mike Sweeney, you know. <laughs> Bruce Chen. That name still gives me the heebie-jeebies. Mankevich. I mean, it's just like all these guys that, you know, they barely, you know, replacement against other teams if they're lucky. But if they come to the south side or the White Sox are facing them at home, you know, they're just making our lives terrible, you know. Um my first question with those guys that the White Sox trade away and then come back to play is, is why couldn't this guy do this for us when he played for us? But, you know, again, we've been talking a lot about that uh, that word culture and the other word uh, is yes. development culture. So, you know, maybe there's going to be a shift somewhere here. You know, we can all we can do is keep our fingers crossed. But anywho. Yep. Uh, so if uh, you've been living under a rock, oh, what's going on here? What is all that stuff? Um, I don't know what that was all about. Weird. Um, yeah, if you've been living under a rock and you didn't see that uh, I happened to make an appearance on uh, the From the 108 podcast this last week, and um, that was a good time. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Talked. To, I, I basically gave them a ton of... Um, guys that they were going to put into their trade packages 
Um, you know, I want to keep all the guys, but uh, those guys, they get crazy and they just want to trade everybody. Um, today uh, on the show, I saw uh, Seth Keener, um, Jose Rodriguez, Carlos Perez. Um, who else? I know that there was a bunch of guys that they traded. And, uh, you know, I mean, some prospects, uh, some guys off the major league roster. Um, so that's... Uh, you know, you, you're going to have to go and watch that for yourself because I'm not going to spoil it for, for them. But, um, yeah, I had a great time with them, and uh, I appreciate those guys asking me to come on and uh, sit there and talk and, uh, talk and prospect stuff. It's good time. Yeah, I, uh, I did start to listen to uh, the show with uh, you spending quite a bit of time on the actual From the 108 stream slash podcast uh, and unfortunately, uh, wasn't able to uh, finish it just due to, uh, you know, other obligations, but, uh, I'm working on it. I'm working my way through it. Uh, what I have heard and listened to was just a really good time. I mean, it's just a really good group of guys who obviously, uh, know, and know each other. Well, spend a lot of time together and, you know, just listening to some of their banter, <laughs> they, they can really, uh, they can really make, uh, you know, a guy laugh, uh, but uh yeah, listening to you talk about the prospects with them, uh obviously they really appreciate the info that uh you are able to bring, as do I, by the way, here. Uh and uh I appreciate you the same way you appreciate them for giving me something to do uh every Monday evening. But yeah, you know, uh just listening to you hang out with those guys was it was uh it was a treat and uh I can't wait to finish up the rest of that show. Yeah, so uh, you know, to to kick things off here, um, one of the things that I wanted to uh, talk about tonight was some of the White Sox hiring that's going to be happening for the uh, the coaching staff and for uh, front office uh, slash you know sort of uh, kind of in the minors area. Um, as well, because, you know, as we know, Andy Barquette was uh, not re-signed uh, to stick around. Um, so first question here, and uh, Grimtall put it in the chat here. Uh, so is Frank Thomas going to be named hitting coach? Um, so I did hear uh, from... I can't remember where I heard it. Uh, it might've been Chuck Garfine actually said it something about somebody that is a, uh, a big name that would command respect among the hitters is going to be hired or possibly be hired. And the name's been thrown around as the hitting coach for the White Sox. And my first thought was Jim Tomey. Hi mom. And, uh, so my thinking hey, here, for the, uh, yeah, thanks for the follow, uh, follow. Yeah. So my, my thought with Jim Tomey is that he's, and the thing that, the thing that he said that really kind of resonated and made me think in this direction was that he said that the guy's a good communicator and it, you know, not that, uh, that I don't think Frank Thomas couldn't tell these guys you know, what they're doing and what they're not doing correctly. Um, but if, you know, from preceding, uh, I guess, uh, reputation, 
the thing would be about Frank would not be that he's necessarily a people person per se, uh, because he did rub some people here the wrong way. And I'm not saying that it wasn't warranted, you know, cause, uh, yeah, know. it came down to contract disputes mostly. Uh, and he was not quiet about that, you know, kind of, uh, says some things in the public eye and people call them a whiner since a handful of people, but, I agree with you. It was warranted. I mean, you're talking about the best hitter that the White Sox has seen over the last 50 years. You know what I mean? Uh, I'd say that's, uh, you know, he was deserving of what he was asking for. But, you know, that's a whole other story. We won't get into that. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, that was that was my first thought, you know, is they're talking about a guy that is uh, and he's got to have White Sox ties or or Royals ties. And I don't, Mm. I mean, I know that George Brett's probably out there looking for a job and all, uh, but I don't see him coming here. So I would think that it would probably be uh, Jim Tomey if it's, if it's somebody that Chuck Garfine's talking about, that would, that would be my guess. Um, Yeah. I'm also guessing George Brett has never been one that I feel like is a great communicator either. Uh, He has been known to rub some people the wrong way as well. Well, I don't know. Did From you time to time? Did you hear this his uh, his story about food poisoning? Which one is? Oh, please, oh. please do oh. do remind us. Yeah, no, it I'm gonna, interesting. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna bother talking about that. I'll send you the link. Uh, but uh, okay, All right. you could look it up on YouTube and you'd find it. And it's a, it's an entertaining story, but it's certainly not uh, something that I want to get into here. But it was okay. Him in Vegas <laughs> with uh, food poisoning and it didn't go well. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, as, as food poisoning usually doesn't, but yeah, I'll just say been there, done that. It's not pretty. I'm sure George Britt uh, may have articulated that quite well. Yeah, that's more or less. Uh, <laughs> he, he did not uh, experience a, a good time with it. So, um, yeah, we'll just say that. Uh, okay. Yeah, but uh, how would you how would you feel if the White Sox hired? Jim Tomey as the hitting coach for the White Sox, knowing that, you know, he's not, uh, he's not coming from anywhere else as a hitting coach. You know, he's been a a front office guy um, as an ambassador and, you know, going around to the minor leagues and talking to guys. How would you feel about that as a, as a hire? I mean, it seems like a complete and total White Sox hire, but how would you feel about I was about just going to say, yeah, that was exactly going to be the first point that I would make in answering that question is the fact that, you know, obviously he has been a part of the organization uh, for some time now as an ambassador, uh, you know, so it would be a White Sox thing to kind of move a guy from one place to another, uh, you know, and having said that, Sure. Uh, you know, his time here and in other places, Cleveland, you know, things uh, where he was, uh, you know, really mashing. You would look back at his his numbers and say, that's a guy who knew how to hit a baseball. Uh, that's a guy who knew how to get on base. That's a guy who knew how to be selective with pitches because he could walk uh, something that this White Sox team has been lacking for a while. But all those things being, you know, what they are. The reality is is this guy hasn't been in a dugout for as many years as he's left the game. 
He has not been in a coaching position. Uh, we're talking about the same type of thing, and I don't even want to lump him. I, I hate to do this, so you guys just forgive me for even bringing it up, but I hate to lump him with Tony LaRussa being retired from the dugout for 10 years before being hired on as a manager. I, I'm not trying to compare the two guys, but the situation uh, is you know, generally the same, where we're talking about a guy who just has not uh, been a coach. For ten, you know, for for well, really ever since he's you know left the dugout as a player, so I'm not uh, I, I'm not sure I would feel great about that, and I could be wrong. I mean, who knows? The guy could be you know the best coach in the world. It's possible. But uh, I, am I willing to you know give him a shot with a young team that we are trying to bring along and develop after all these. Uh, you know, these last few years of kind of not having chemistry, not really bringing things together, not having that culture. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's really the right move. And I'm kind of curious. Hi, I see your, your, you know, your facial expressions and gestures here. I'm kind of curious to uh, hear what you have to say on the matter. Thanks for the follow your old aunt. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, thank you guys. So uh, Grimtall says, why not bring in Robin Ventura? He's got coaching experience. I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> Um, yeah, that's pretty rough. Um, you know, I just, I, I, I feel pretty much the same way, you know, is that I don't, I don't think that, you know, that it, it, he would be a bad voice to have around the guys, you know, in the clubhouse. I don't feel like he's not, you know, it's not like, I feel like he's somebody who can't communicate, uh, or would be necessarily a good coach. But my my main issue here is I don't, you know, just like with Robin Ventura, I don't want to find out after he's been hired, you know? And uh, that that to me seems like just a, a, a bad idea to, you know, to figure out if the guy has the chops to, to, to be a coach and work with a I mean, because when you're talking about being a hitting coach, there's there's one thing when you are working with uh, a bunch of teenagers, right, or uh, you know, like college age kids or whatever. Um, that that's one thing, but when uh, or or even prospects for that matter, you know, when when you're talking about being in a clubhouse and you've got uh, you know, 26 guys in this clubhouse and, uh, you know, 13 or 14 different, uh, batting stances and, and styles of hitting that aren't, you know, and, you know, uh, I don't know, 65% of them don't have a style close to yours. Is that the kind of thing that he's going to be able to, uh, adapt to, you know, like working with a guy that's, you know, um, for for instance, like a a, a Benintendi, or um, you know, like a, a a slappier hitter, you know, a guy, uh, you know, not that he's on the major league roster, but somebody like Riku Nishida, you know, some guy who is like a contact first, you know, has a a very different way of approaching uh, at bats. Is, is that going to be something that he's going to excel at? And th- that's the thing I don't want to find out with him on the roster. Yeah, agreed. You, you'd much rather see 
some sort of experience. I'd rather get a taste of what he can bring to the table before bringing him to the MLB club. So I feel like we're kind of on the same page uh, in, in that respect. Yeah. Um, so as far as the other things go, and I, I kind of wanted to uh, pick your brain on this as well. So the White Sox had three guys that were kind of uh, hitting coaches last year. You had um, – I'm forgetting uh, the last name of the guy who got fired already because uh, he was he was there and uh, Castro, Jose Castro. Uh, you had Castro, you had uh, Chris Johnson, and you also had the field coordinator, Mike Tosar, was also a hitting coach of sorts. Um, so CJ was uh, reassigned or what they said in their press release is that he was offered a position in a different spot. And I have not heard yet whether or not he is accepting that or whether he's moving on. And um, the only guy that I know that's coming back is Devin DeYoung. He's been retained. Um, and that's just from, you know, uh, texting back and forth with him that he is sticking around, but he said that he doesn't know a hundred percent whether the other guys are or not. He'd have to ask around. So, you know, I don't know who's coming back and I don't know if CJ is going to want to go back to Charlotte or, you know, if he's not going to want to seek, you know, a job somewhere else. Um, so right. like kind of one of the things that I'm, you know, wondering is, you know, assuming that that doesn't happen um, and, you know, like whoever gets hired as the, as the hitting coach, Mike Tosar being the field coordinator was supposed to be one of those guys that was kind of supposed to help the entire organization and especially the guys that were up in the major leagues, you know, with making plays and, and doing the smart thing and, uh, you know, taking care of business in the field. What did you see with the White Sox last year? Not a whole lot uh, of that. No, we saw, uh, actually, it, it almost felt like we saw a regression in, in that respect. You know, uh, the White Sox were not good defensively. They were not, uh, I mean, they weren't even average. And, you know, you and I both were kind of high on the Mike Tosar hire. Maybe not, like, super high, but, you know, he was one of those guys that you thought, okay, he's got some experience. He's he's a little bit like Pedro where he's kind of worn a few different hats and, uh, you know, uh, just about every blogger and, and, and podcaster and, and article that you could read out there was kind of – you know, giving him accolades for his, uh, you know, his accomplishments over his career. And we were hoping to see some really quick results and some turnaround from, you know, what previous uh, coaches were able to do in that respect. And we didn't see anything. We actually saw a, a, a regression. And, you know, it kind of goes along the lines of what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, as far as I'm concerned with, with Mike Tosars, you know, maybe he could be a guy that you can retain and you can receive those results, but are the white Sox going to bring in 
more people so that not each one of these guys that have a coordinator or a director or something in their title are doing that job and three or four other they're contributing to, you know, uh, is the staffing going to allow those types of, you know, coaching hires and, and directors of this, that, and the other thing, are they going to allow them to focus on what their specialties are? Uh, I think that's a big thing. I, I would I retain him? I, I I don't know. There's honestly, I don't know what the guy did, <laughs> but the, the results weren't there. Yeah, no, the, the results, results were not yeah, there. The results were definitely not there. That's the, you know, that's a, that's a, another topic altogether, you know, it's like, what, <laughs> what, what would you say that you do here? You know, cause I, right. What, what is it exactly that your job is? Yeah. There certainly weren't, certainly weren't any results, you know, that were pointing to, uh, you know, you would think that it would have to pertain to his title, uh, seemed to go well. And, uh, the fact that he was like one of the three voices who's, uh, talking to players, and uh, players were complaining about there being three voices and kind of getting confused about things. You kind of have to ask, like, what would you say that you do here? And, it, you know, whatever obviously didn't uh, go well. Uh, so the the uh, Diamondbacks are trying to make some plays here um, in game three. They're, they just scored their first run of the game uh, against Aroldis Chapman. They're now down three to one. Um, let's see what happens here coming up. Um, uh, yeah, Grimtall says that uh, Jim Tomey would be too nice and that Frank Thomas would get in their faces and that they could use a voice like that. And I, I don't necessarily disagree about that. It's just... As you know, say, there's some truth to that. Yeah, no, 100%, you know. Um, just, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm like, I don't know what the the validity of, of that, uh, you know, obviously it's coming from somebody who is kind of in-house over there. Um, so there's got to be like... You know, at least somebody's talked about it, um, but uh, I don't know. To me, it seems like a reach for that uh, for that thing. Um, so uh, the right now, you know, the Rangers are winning three to one in uh, in game three here, and the Rangers hitting coach Tim Hires uh, is a guy who's like a uh, a big name right now. Um, for his uh his coaching prowess and uh one of his uh disciples if you will uh was named Andy Barquette. And, Hi mom. Uh, hey, thanks for the follow there. Over Yeah, thank you. Overhanging Blex. I don't even know what a Blex is, but it's overhanging. Um you know, okay. he he uh he was not retained. So um, and, and like people are, you know, they're talking about him like they were talking about, uh, you know, Philly's hitting coach, you know, as this is a guy who could possibly be a manager next year, you know, and just like they were talking about Kevin Long last year, you know, and, and White Sox fans wanted to to get their hands on a guy like that, somebody who'd be a uh you know, fresh to managing, but obviously was is well regarded with his uh, his hitting coaching. And um, yeah, could you imagine Kevin Long coming here and, and and maybe teaching guys how to hit the ball out of the park? Guys that should be hitting the ball out of the park. 
Yeah, I mean, same thing with Tim Hires, though. You know, but but my right. my point here is is that with that, what did you see from the Phillies in games six and seven for the Kevin Long coached Phillies? They were doing things that Oscar Colas was doing that we were complaining about him trying to pull everything, right. trying to hit everything to the moon instead of going with the ball back up the middle and trying to keep their bat through the zone for as long as right. possible. They're trying to yank it, you know, to their pull side and it didn't work out very well. And they got smoked in game six and seven by the D backs. So, yeah. And I think that's probably, uh, it's a little bit, both of uh great, you know, scouting your opponent on the D backs part. But uh, it's also probably a little bit of uh, what you're trying to say here is, you know, guys are just trying to hit the ball to the moon. Uh, And that's been kind of Philadelphia's uh, postseason script here for the last few years. You know, obviously they've got some guys that can bang and especially seems like, uh, you know, they really show up after the regular season ends and really start banging even more, uh, you know, you get Bryce Harper and, and, and Kyle Schwarber just hitting monsters left and right. And when that dries up, though, what are you left with? And we saw that in game six and seven where they couldn't really score. They couldn't get on base. They were having one-hit games. And, you know, uh, the White Sox would probably be a lot more entertaining to watch if they could hit those bombs. You know, uh, we haven't really seen anything much entertaining the last couple of seasons, but that doesn't necessarily put them in a position to go out and go deep into playoff runs as well. So would I like to see something like that? Sure. I would at least be entertained. hundred (laughs) percent. But, uh, but you know, one thing that I'm sitting here thinking is that, you know, the, one of the things that, you know, white Sox fans have been complaining about is that the white Sox don't develop people. And these guys, you know, you're talking about top tier free agent guys, you know, top talent in Major League Baseball. Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, you know, like uh, uh, Nick Castellanos, who was, you know, of course, once I tweeted about him, he was absolutely terrible after that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, that you know, you're talking about guys that are like, top tier hitters in major league baseball doing this kind of stuff. So you're telling me that if Kevin long, who was the second coming last year, couldn't fix guys who are top tier major league hitters. If he couldn't stop them from doing that, you're telling me that Andy Barquette is the, you know, not that people are saying necessarily that he's the problem, but you're telling me that, Oscar Colas is going to stop doing that because Andy Barquette is telling him that this, this is like kind of my whole point with this thing is that, you know, when guys get into this mode, you can tell them all you want, but at the end of the day, if they're not disciplined enough to have the approach that has had them successful and kept them in the in major league baseball which is being able to adjust if they if these if this tier of players is not doing that with Kevin Long it doesn't surprise me that, that these prospects with the White Sox are are also having issues with this kind of thing i mean not that it's 
you know, surprised anyone. Yeah, well, I mean, that goes back to, you know, kind of what we've touched on in the past, and a lot of it's between the ears. You know, if you can't get into a guy's head enough to break him of old habits, bad habits, and really make him believe that what you're teaching him is going to work for him because he's too stubborn to change his ways or too stupid to change his ways. And I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be afraid to use that word. We've got some guys in the White Sox who look like they've got all the talent in the world and they're physical specimens. And they do some really dumb, stupid things that you, it makes me want to jump through the TV, smack them around and come back and say, okay, now let's see what you do. But yeah, you know, unfortunately in this day and age, you can't do that. We've got a, we've got a, a stable full of soft coaches and managers out there in, in major league baseball these days where we got to, you know, treat everybody with kid gloves. Uh, it's a new world, it seems, but you know, I, I don't want to sound like the old man or get off my lawn, but, uh, you know, let's be honest. You take a look around some of these older vets still got a little gristle on them. And then you look at some of these young kids that are just for lack of better words, soft as baby shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm, <laughs> Hey, you know, I'm not disagreeing with you. And you know, if, I don't know if you, uh, you happen to catch uh beef loaves tweet yesterday about, uh, oh, the Eloy, Eloy. tweet? Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, that. you just watch these guys in the NFL playing with, like, limbs falling off their body, you know, to play. And this guy, you know, is every time he runs well, the first base is dying, you know. So, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. It's kind of aggravating. But, I mean... <laughs> These are the guys uh, you know, that we have right now, and uh, you it know, is indeed. We'll, we'll see who you know. I fully expect Chris gets to uh, to deal. I don't. I don't know who it's going to be, and I don't know how scorched earth they're going to go. Uh, but I have to imagine that a couple of the the key parts of this team over the last like four years, a couple of those guys are going to get sent packing and i don't know who that is and you know there's going to be issues with i mean you know we've talked about this before yohan mancata's salary you know who's going to want to take on take on that salary right probably i mean you're going to have to find somebody that's pretty desperate and has a lot of faith to take on that kind of money for a guy that is a uh a non-proven uh you know entity in in major league baseball you know right. it's like you've gotten well, you know, one really good year and or you know one pretty stinking good year out of him and that's been about it because he's had injuries and just been inconsistent so well and you know that's like when you go back to talking about how uh you know those guys were doing their uh you know trade for every team shows and uh you know, you talked about you. You brought up the fact that you know some of these guys, some of the prospects that you you gave them a list of and and what their uh, what their qualities were and what made them who they were. Uh, and they're talking about trading them all away, and you're like, I want to keep most of these guys. <laughs> well, the problem is, is there's not a whole lot of uh, major league talent on this roster that I think is going to garner you a lot of value without completely decimating the team that we are going to be watching on the field. Uh, and then, you know, you have to, in a trade, you, you, you gotta, you gotta give value to get value, right? Yeah. At least that's the way, that's the way it seems to work, you know, in a perfect world. But, uh, yeah, I mean, 
I just don't know. I, I don't really know how the White Sox are going to rebuild this thing. I've got a handful of names that I'd like to see them go after for maybe a one or two year deal. Even some older guys who have been around the game a little bit more. Maybe some of those older bring some of that grit. But uh, <laughs> I couldn't tell you where all this is going right. Yeah, that's see, that's the thing is, and, and another thing you have to think about, you know, uh, another thing that's going on right now on White Sox Twitter is the uh, Sox uh, Sox machine uh, off season plan uh, deal right now. So you know, hey, look at that, that guy's yeah, uh, Alec Thomas catch. out there making plays out in center field. Imagine Sox could have had him. Imagine. Um, you know, so if you have some sort of uh, magic plan that's going to fix the White Sox, by all means, go ahead and fill one of those things out and uh, let the rest of us know because uh, the rest of us are trying to figure out what the heck's going to make this team better as well because, uh, you know, the good thing about this thing is it's not like uh, culture. Yeah, it's not like some of these things, you know, <laughs> where guys just say, uh, you know, sign me Blake Snell, uh, trade for, you know, it's sign Otani. You know, it's not it's not plans like that. You know, like they give you uh, budgetary constraints that you have to figure out. And, um, you know, there's the, the unfortunate thing is that this team just has so many holes to fill with roster spots. Um Grimtall says he told me his plan. I don't remember your plan. Tell me what your plan is. That uh, trade everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, trade everybody. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Burn he, it to the ground. He did tell me something actually. He told me that he wanted to trade uh, Luis Robert to the Dodgers for a package of three guys, and uh, I know that one of them was uh, James Outman. I don't remember who the other two guys were. But, I mean, like, the thing is, is and here's the thing, is that while I think the trade that he that he came up with would actually make the White Sox probably a better team overall, um, you're taking away the, the White Sox lone all-star and uh, plus player and replacing him with somebody that's not going to probably be that all-star and also surrounding him with a bunch of guys that have underperformed for the last two years and putting him in there with Pedro who loves to get on rookies and throw them under the bus. Meanwhile, saying that, uh, you know, all the veterans are just doing great, you know, might not be the, the best recipe for success here. So what you're talking about is replacing uh, Jason Giambi with Jeremy Giambi? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I mean, you're talking about one roided up guy who's like borderline Hall of Fame with, uh, you know, a needle. And the other guys, uh, you know, hanging out at clubs, uh, putting dollar bills and garter belts and stuff you know yeah buddy and probably also doing roids <laughs> meanwhile being uh hammered the entire time um yeah so I, I i have gotten uh from somebody i have gotten a uh an, a very interesting name um i'm not going to bring it up because i don't want to you know throw this out there prematurely but it's it's you know they're 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 it's ties to uh it's ties to uh the teams that are still in 
right now. And the it does seem like it's a, a fairly viable option uh, to replace the uh, hitting coordinator slash uh, possibly even farm director, uh, you know, on a director level. Uh, and the thing is that this person does have credentials for for all those things, and it, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. We'll see, we'll see where things happen. But uh, you know, it's we still got a, a couple games of this World Series. As soon as this World Series is over, I'm pretty sure that we're probably going to see a bunch of uh, you know a bunch of movement in the White Sox front office. And I know that there are some uh, there are definitely some you know things going on. Uh, behind the scenes that uh, are not, um, you know, public knowledge yet that uh, there's going to be some some movement in the front office. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Well, let me ask you this: when you when you say that, and I know you can't say too much, but uh, for our our listeners and our viewers, uh, do you feel like from the the, the little things that you do know? Do you feel like uh, we're going to feel uh, positive about these uh, these front office moves that you're speaking of right at the moment? You know, that's you know that's the thing is that I don't I don't think that people will be upset by it, uh, but it's not like you know like the thing you know as soon as uh, Casey came out the uh, the other day and um, said that he didn't want to be traveling for eight months a year with the Yankees, uh, you know, being out of town, you know, like I immediately thought, I was like, well, you know, the White Sox are looking for a uh, a guy who's going to be their guy that's overseeing all of the, the hitting prospects in the White Sox minor leagues and also is going to try and give, you know, this is one thing that they, like one word that they've used uh, that Josh Barfield and Chris Getz have both used, which is uh, that they want the White Sox to have an identity. And I think that they, they want to have a guy that's going to kind of have like a, you know, like kind of put a, a canopy over the whole thing to, you know, as as a team, the kind of, batters uh, you know like the kind of at bats that the team's going to have they want they want a guy that's going to instill this you know this uh uh mantra if you will you know for the for the entire organization and so i was like that's the kind of guy i mean you know like they he turned around a, a bunch of the guys on the yankees and did some things and i was like you know if he doesn't want to travel this seems like a kind of one of those hires that would be you know, if you don't want to travel for eight months out of the year, this is like kind of a, a perfect opportunity for you to have. Well, like, especially since, uh, you know, even if you did have to uh, visit with uh, those minor league teams, three of the four are, you know, fairly, you know, they're situated fairly close to each other, you know, between Winston-Salem, Kannapolis, and Charlotte. So, I mean, if you really had to, you know, travel to Birmingham once in a while, it's not that big of a deal, but, you know. It just goes along. It just plays along with uh, exactly what you're talking about. Unfortunately, that was not who the uh, the name was that was given to me, um, which is unfortunate. Um, Sean Casey has one of my favorite socks related bloopers ever. I don't know if I know that one. I probably do. As soon as I see it, I'll be like, oh, yeah. So was, he's with the Reds, I think. Yeah, he was. That's where he spent most of his career. No. Yeah. So I don't know. 
shoot it over. Let's take a look at it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's kind of Ozuna throwing him out at first base from left field. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. It's like as soon as I say it, I'll, uh, it comes screaming back. A Pablo Ozuna highlight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Didn't think I'd be thinking about that for uh, when he was no. on the Tigers. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... I you know like the the thing is I I don't know we'll we'll see uh you know this is one of those things you know like we can sit here and talk about guys that would be you know that you think would be good for the role and there's uh you know obviously they're going to have their own thoughts on things you know and uh the the one good thing that I will say is that the guy's name that I heard he was not from the Royals Yay! Yeah, that's, uh, happy about that. A, that. Well, that's a new development, <laughs> a pleasant in, in and, of and shocking development. Yes, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I don't know. Still watching this uh, this World Series thing here and there. Three one still. Um, although we're on commercial break right now, I'm watching Bacon jump around on the screen. Yeah, I was watching that too. I was like, God, I'm... oh, Bacon's good. <laughs> bacon. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I will say that uh, at least Arizona's making it interesting here in uh, Game 3. You know, obviously they've only scored that one run, but, you know, there were some guys moving around the bases and some things happening, and now we get to uh, we get to watch what happens in the last inning here. Yeah, and, you know, like the, the also the interesting thing about this World Series so far is that uh, it's Game 3, and it is once again a good game of baseball. It's well pitched, uh, well played defensively. Uh, you know, you had that Adolis Garcia uh, outfield assist at home plate. Um, scores only three to one. The for, uh, game one, well played, uh, and then the blowout game wasn't the Rangers blowing out the Diamondbacks. It was the other way around, which was right, I was like, one. okay, all right, you know, like I was, I was genuinely like impressed, you know. I was like, oh, all right, and like, you know, it wasn't a, once it wasn't against bad pitching, you know. It's just they were hammering the ball all over the place, you know. Um, okay. So speaking of good tasting food, I want to uh, take the, uh, the the White Sox portion of the evening and call it. Because, um, you know, how much do we really need to talk about this uh, this White Sox team? I certainly don't want to talk about last year at all. Um, but well, last year's last year. Let's move on. Yeah, I wanted to do a little something different. Uh, it is uh, almost Halloween um, in two hours and 15 minutes. And I want to go over this here with you. It's a good thing that I'm going through and I'm actually going to clip this out of the actual podcast because, um, you know, nobody's going to want to listen to this on a podcast, but it's fun anyway. Figure out a way to blow this up here. Yeah. All right. So what we got here is the Halloween candy tier list. And I want to get Danny Miller's Halloween tier uh, Halloween candy tier list here, and I'm gonna just, basically I'm gonna go through this. I'm gonna ask you: you got S tier, which is goaded, which is great candy. Uh, a tier, which is yummers. B, this'll do. Uh, C, trading fodder. D, colorful garbage. Uh, F, 
tier, how dare you, and X never had it. So I'm just going to go okay. through each one of these, and uh, and we'll and I'm going to let you rate it, and uh, I'm going to let you get roasted because I'm going to post the uh, the end results up on uh, up on Twitter, and uh, people who okay. people who get angry at you for uh, putting Milky Way down on like F tier or something. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to leave all this in for the uh, on on the stream on YouTube, so uh, people can come in here and uh, you know. When they're Get watching an explanation it, of you, why I mean not, I don't <laughs> why I put things in the tears I put them in. You don't need to explain yourself, Danny. I don't. You but know? I did. That's a, this. This is your list, so you rate it how it you want to rate it, and I I will own it all day every day. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll leave it on there, but. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, do this outro here and get us out of here and uh, call it a night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So at Daily White Sox on Twitter, WhiteSoxDaily.substack.com for uh, the written content that uh, that exists. Um, you can find us on YouTube. This podcast can be found on any platform. Uh, at I Eskridge on the Twitter machine at Danny Miller WSD on the Twitter machine. You have been watching White Sox Daily Live. Uh, thank you for coming and watching. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, feel free to hop on Twitter and uh, tell Danny where he was wrong on his <laughs> candy tier list. Uh, and we hope that you guys have a uh, fun Halloween. Hopefully, uh, you know, if you got kids, hopefully you get to uh, go and have fun with your kids. Uh, if you are, you know, one of those uh, single people, you go out and have fun and uh, dress up and, you know, act silly. and Scare uh, the bejesus out of all the little ones. Too, that too, yeah. And uh, you and guys a have huge shout out to uh, to our new subscribers and followers. Ah, Thanks, yes. guys, for checking in, man. Ah, yes. Thank you very much we for that. We appreciate all of you. And uh, we will catch you guys next week. Hopefully, there will be uh, some interesting news coming with uh, new hires and everything. I'm almost positive that that will be happening. Um, but uh, we'll see. Uh, but uh, we will catch you guys next week. Thank you so much. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Thanks. Have a good night. 